Thank you for joining us today. At ResLife, our mission is to develop committed followers of Jesus Christ to reach the world. Our content is created to equip and empower you in God's purpose. We hope you enjoy this message. Good morning, Rez. This morning, it is my honor and my privilege uh, to be here with you. I want you to know, uh, Jane and I, and my wife here, raise your hand up right there. Uh, we were this weekend, we spent the weekend with your elder and deacon board up in an uh, area where we were just hanging out and talking and challenging each other to grow in the Lord. And I want to just make a few comments about that. Uh, the elder and deacon board, I got to meet them personally. I've never done that before in terms of being in a room with them, about 60 people strong. And uh, I want you to know I could see in them how much they love you, how much they seek to care for you. Uh, the benevolence of this church goes through their hands. They seek the Lord on how to care for this community, care for you as a body of believers. I saw their heart there for you, their love there for you. And I just want you to know that it was a privilege of mine to get to see that because I mean, you're, you're a large church and it is wonderful to know the Lord has put you in good hands. So yeah, thank them for what they do and for what they care for you. Many of you are a uh, part of the benevolence you give here to support the families and people who have a lot of need. And so make sure you continue to support that ministry. And of course, there's a benevolence room for those of you who need something, need something in your life or you're struggling, make sure you take advantage of that. And just understand that this church is more than just a talk. We're trying to put actions to those words and pray the Lord will use that to minister to you. Uh, tonight, I'm going to be continuing on the marriage message I did a few weeks ago. So just a heads up that I'm going to talk about marriage. If you're not married, you'll still be able to connect with the thoughts and the ideas I'll be sharing. But I wanted to at least let you know that's where we'll be headed tonight at five o'clock. And this morning, I'm going to push you a little bit. I'm going to challenge you. Um, there are teachers and there are preachers. I identify myself as a preacher. I'm here to make you uncomfortable. I'm here to challenge you and to call you. Teachers teach, and that's wonderful. They give you guidance and stuff from God's Word. But sometimes you need a good little swift kick. And today I'm going to seek to, in a loving way, uh, push you in the idea of asking you about your faith. Does faith really change things for you? Uh, Jane and I took uh, two of our grandchildren to a movie a while back. I hadn't been to a movie in a while. I like to go to movies. We went to a Disney picture, Frozen 2. We took our six-year-old and four-year-old grandchildren to see that movie. I hadn't been there in a while. I didn't realize how long the previews are. I just want to give you a heads up. If you haven't been to a movie in a while and you think you're late, you ain't late. You got plenty of time. Just take your time getting there because the previews are as long as the movie. But we were watching the previews, and my four-year-old granddaughter was sitting down by Jane. Jackson's by me, and Naya's down by Jane. And there was this movie that came up, and they did, you know, this little kids. It looked like it would be great for kids, and they're talking through it. And the name of the movie was Soul, S-O-U-L. So at the very end of the little preview, the, the letters that came up, S-O-U-L, Soul, like that. And Naya uh, leaned up on her chair a little bit with all of her popcorn and everything. Papa, Papa. I'm like, shh, Naya, Naya. She's down I said, Naya, what, what is it? She goes, Papa, what is a soul? And uh, there was a lady sitting by me, and she goes, oh, this ought to be good. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, this ought to be good. And I said, Naya, we'll have to talk later. When it comes to things like a soul, faith, how do you talk about that? I mean, if you said, Dan, what's the Bible? What's that? Well, right here. You can, I, you can walk up and I can hand it to you. I can't hand you a soul. 
I can't hand you faith. It's something you have to grasp for yourself. And today I'm going to ask you to look at your faith a minute. Because what is it? Like if somebody walked up to you today and you're down at Meyer and they walk up, what is faith? What would you say? The Bible has an answer for us, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 through 3. I'm going to share just three verses with you. I want to kind of break them down a little bit. They're coming up on the screen here behind me. And I want to just kind of show you some things about what the Bible says faith is. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is why faith is so tough. Let me give you an example of the first verse there. An example of that is heaven. We talk about it. We believe we know some things about it. We read scripture about it. But you haven't seen it yet. And nobody who's been there comes back like and tells you, hey, listen, I was there. No, there are people that go down there. They see that big old big light and then they come back. But we haven't seen heaven yet. Today we're here by faith believing there is a heaven. That's faith. It's why it's so hard for sometimes people who are a little more scientific in their thinking, they go, no, I need to touch it. Now, if I can't touch it and feel it, then it's not real. Watch this. Verse goes on to say, this is what the ancients were commended for. We might hit that a bit later. Then this, by faith we understand this universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. Let me try to, look at that last part. What is seen was not made out of what was visible. For example, this morning, you drove over a part of the earth to get here. That first says that used to not be here. It came from what was not seen and not visible. In other words, God created this world from nothing. See, that doesn't make sense to people. They look and go, no, you can't do that. And to jump that divide takes faith. So this morning, I'm going to ask you, what does your look like? And I'm going to use one point. I have one point today. You don't see preachers very often have one point, one point. That's it. We're going to be done after I share one point. Here it is. It's coming up on the screen. One point. Faith is understanding that every situation I face, and I'm going to stop right there for a second, every, my goodness gracious, I can't even imagine how many situations are sitting in this place this morning. There's a single mom sitting here, a single dad sitting here. The exchange you have on the weekends or every other weekends, it's awful. You dread it. Your heart pounds. You drive there wishing you didn't have to go there. You wish there was another way to figure it out. Faith is understanding that every situation. There's somebody sitting here today, and you're a teenager, and you, um, you got a lot of stuff going on in your life. No one knows. And I, the preacher, am standing up here today telling you there is a way for you this morning. God is not blind to where you are. You say, but Dan, I can't touch him. Correct. Faith. 
Faith is understanding that every situation I face, some of you don't even want to go home to your own house today. There's not peace there. You like coming to church and going to work because it gets you out of a spot where you, you are finding pain. <laughs> and you look and you go, really? Every situation? Every situation, look at this, is an opportunity, especially the difficult ones, for you to deepen in Christ. Let, let, me, t- let me tell you something. The whole goal of your life on this earth is to deepen in Jesus. That's it. All these other goals we have, getting this, getting that, obtaining that, having fun with it, I'm with you. I enjoy all that stuff. But the bottom line of your life is this. Listen to me. Deepen in the Lord. The situation that you are looking at in your life today is an opportunity that you will seize or not seize to deepen in the Lord. You say, Dan, that, that makes life come down to a pretty simple, correct. Sitting in this room today are not people. Sitting in this room today are souls. In a hundred years, in a hundred years, none of us probably, there may be a few, but none of us in this room are going to be here, but our soul will still exist. Faith says, I want to make sure I do what I can on this earth to prepare myself for eternity. That's faith. So I ponder the person who walked in this morning. You came because um, maybe somebody invited you in the past or you were just driving by and there were hundreds of cars turning in here. And you're like, what? Maybe something free. Let me go check this out. I don't know why you came up here. Here you are. You've seen people like me, preachers. You may have seen one on television. You may have seen one in your history. You may have seen one somewhere passing one day. You don't even know if you trust me. Got it. Understand it. I receive your letters sometimes. I get it. And I'm saying to you today, forget about me for a second. Ponder your own life. Why do you exist? Why were you born? Here's what I would say to everyone in the room tonight, today. Listen, there are some people sitting in this room right now, honestly, you would say about your life, I'm miserable. I'm miserable. I dread every day. I wake up and get through it, etc. I say to you, why not at least try faith? What do you have to lose? Consider that maybe the God who created this universe has a purpose and a plan for you. And I promise you, when you find out why you're on this earth, life changes for you. You have more solidity because you have purpose. And every situation, everything you're facing, every spot you might be in this morning is not accidental. It is designed to call you deeper into Jesus. So I take this little stool in my office and I pull it out. And this is exactly what I did in preparation for this message. So I write all this message in my office. I sit, I write it, I ponder it, I put it down, I get it. And then I get done and I do what preachers do. I sit at my desk and I look at it and I go, 
how in the world is that going to connect? Lord, what is it that I'm going to say in here, that person sitting in there, soul sitting in that church, how are they going to leave a little different? Because see, preachers have fantasies too. We fantasize that when you leave, your life totally changes. We dream that stuff. That's, what, that's why I'm here. I'm, I'm preaching this because I want to see change when you leave. Not for me, but for the Lord. So I sit there and I practice and I think about it and I put these words together. And then I go over to my new, I told you last time, I got this new little stool in my office. And I go over and I sit on it and I say, Lord, give me that thought. It's not in my brain right now. Just, just come and give me a thought that I know is just directly from you that when I say it, it's just going to connect. Because some of the people sitting there, they've heard about faith their whole life. And preachers have found new ways to say it. I get it. And I sat there and nothing really came. I pondered, no new ideas. So I prayed and I left it. And then I woke up a few days ago at 5.30. That's early for me. I'm, I know some of you are early risers. 5.30, I've been awake for an hour. Well, God bless you. I don't go to sleep at 6. God bless you for that. <laughs> but I woke up about 5.30. That's early for me. I got up. I went and sat in the living room. And it came. It came to me what I'm supposed to say. Lord brought to my mind something happened to me 30 years ago plus 30 years ago. I was in college, and I was in a class in accounting. That's my degree is in finance, and I, I was in my accounting class, and Jane and I both attended this same college down in the Carolinas, and my professor who taught that class was a lady, and she uh, had a, every class we would come together, Christian college, she would say, all right, part of your assignment this year and part of your grade this year is going to be at the beginning of the class. In each of our classes, I'm going to call on one of you students to pray, and you're going to pray out loud for our class. I didn't have a problem with that. And she said, the way you handle that, the way you do that will be part of your grade. I just calculated in. I kind of watch you, how you maneuver and handle it and how you handle what I say to you. And so everybody's like, sure, no problem. So on this particular day, sitting in my class, my accounting class, the Professor said, see, Barnes, your day to pray. I said, okay, no problem. She said, before you pray, I'd like to tell you the things I want to make sure you pray about. I said, okay. So she listed off a few things. I said, okay, got it. And she said, and one final thing. The Lord brought this back to my mind 30 years ago. She looked at me and she said, tonight, our basketball team is playing another school, our college team. And I want you to pray that our team wins. And I said, ma'am, I won't do that. And she looked at me and she said, you don't believe in prayer? And I said, ma'am, of course I believe in prayer. She said, then you pray that our team wins. And I said, I won't pray that prayer. I said, I'll pray that our team plays well. I'll pray that we have safety. I'll pray that both teams have good sportsmanship, etc. But I will not pray for my team. It's another Christian school we're praying. I said, I'm not going to pray for our team to beat their team. And she said, why won't you pray that? And this is what I said, because God's not my genie in a bottle. 
I don't whip him out when I just need him. That's not deep faith to me. To me, that reflects a shallowness, a child thinking in terms of understanding God and his awesomeness and his power. And I said, I'm not going to pray for that. I got to be. But that was pretty good for me, so I'm not complaining. I'll tell you what I think I saw that day and what I've continued to see for the next 30 years of my life. We are in America, when it comes to faith, about a quarter of an inch deep. And we got our cell phone in our back pocket, and we got God as genie in a bottle in our right pocket. And when we need him, we go, you're my genie in a bottle. And we whip him out, and we say, all right, God, look, God, I know. I was there Sunday. You saw I dropped my tithe in. I paid. I gave something. I didn't give a full tithe, but I gave more than I was thinking. And God, now, you know, I've been following. Now, you owe me a little bit. I'm going to pop the jar. I need you to take care of my little stuff. Do y'all see a lot of self in that prayer? You say, I, I don't know, Dan. I'm not sure. Listen, I was watching one of my favorite shows the other night, Family Feud. I like Steve Harvey. We got a good one for you tonight. That's what he always says when he starts the show. Jane and I watched Steve Harvey while we usually eat our dinner, and I was watching the show, and there was this guy on the show, and Steve's doing his normal, have fun with the audience. He does a great job with that, and then he comes over to the guy, and he says to the guy, you really think that answer's going to be up on the board? The guy gave an answer, and Steve didn't think it would be there, and he goes, you really think that's going to be up on the board? And the guy said, I prayed that it would be, so I sure hope God hears me and understands. And I went, yep, yep, that's our faith. God, I need you to put my answer on the board of family feud. <laughs> I tell you what, I was with a group on Wednesday night that I think if I would have stood up and said something like that to them, it would have harmed them deeply. I have, had never had the opportunity to do this before. I was invited this past Wednesday night to speak to a group of, it's called Bereaved Dads, all dads, younger dads, middle-aged dads, all of them who had lost a child. <laughs> How deep would I look if I stood up and said, hey guys, today I was playing golf and I prayed, Lord, help me hit this thing straight. I think they'd be like, really, Dan? Really, Dan? Is, that, is God your just genie? You say, Dan, you don't believe God's in everything? Absolutely. I'm just challenging you today to make sure you view God and understand he's more than a half inch deep in your life. Can you at least get him up to an inch, then work towards six inches and then a foot? And can you finally make sure before you die, you bury yourself in him? Because it's not about me using God for the trivial things I need in life. Our life as we mature better be deeper than that. And today, I'm calling you new, to a new place where you actually look at these circumstances in your life that are different than a letter on a board, and you say, God, I'm going to believe by faith that you have put me in this spot to take me deep in you, to get my roots down there deep, because there is water in your well, and I might have to go down a couple of feet to get it, but your well is not dry, and by faith, I put my roots there. Most of us live in a world where we daily see trees 
that are a half inch deep. And when the storms come and when the winds blow, those trees lose their foundation and they're ripped out and they're thrown away. And then they go, see, there was no God, but the big old sturdy trees, the one that Hebrews chapter one, verse two says, the ancients were commended for the Moses of the life, the Noah's of the life, the people back there, the Daniels, the, all those people that stood strong in the fiery test, their roots were deep. And what do we do? We talk about them today as trees that stood against the storm. And today I'm asking you, how deep are your roots? Where is your faith? Are you a quarter inch deep? Baby, it's time to go deeper. And the opportunity you're facing today is the opportunity for you to do just that. And I'm inviting you here, Rez. This community needs some deeper roots. This community needs some people who are driving around thinking, oh, woe is me. My life is trouble. God doesn't see me. Turn that car around and go, God, you got me. Even in the middle of the stinking storm, I don't even like, I'm going to trust you today. That's preaching. And I'm just, it's coming from a good heart for you because I've learned through my storms. My roots have deepened these last years. I'm more solid. And I want to get deeper. My children need to see a deeper dad. My mentor passed away in the last year or so, and I miss him like crazy. And I was walking in the woods the other day, and I was mourning losing him, the guy that I could walk in his office, and I could close his door, and I could pour my heart out, and I could say things preachers aren't supposed to say, and he would still love me. You say, preachers do that? Yeah. <laughs> and I was down in the woods, and I was mourning that loss, and I sat down on a tree, and I remember it was a fallen tree, and I'm sitting on the tree, and I was just like, Lord... What am I going to do now, man? My, my mentor's gone. The, the guy that I could go to when I was struggling, and the Lord just real cool just kind of said to me, you are the mentor now. You go be that for some young kid that's struggling. Stand there like a stinking tree, man. Put your roots in me. You don't need anybody. You put your roots in me. Let others come to you. Show them a deeper way. Show them a higher way. Show them a more beautiful way by seeking me deeper. And I'm trying. And I want to be a man of great faith. And I'll tell you what. God has, has helped me see that when he speaks, I don't need to finish his sentences. So many of us, we want to tell God what to do. God's, Dan, I want to use your life. Great, God, I heard you. Now let me tell you how you need to do that. And God goes, no, no, I want to use it. You get out of the way. I'll take you where I want you to go. I believe that's something somebody needs to hear right now. You've had a pretty shocking thing happen to you this week, and you've thought, does God not see me? Actually, he's seeing the beautiful path he's going to take you on through that to get you deeper in him. If the end result in five years of what you've gone through gets you closer to Christ, let me tell you something about it. It's a good thing for you. And let me just tell you something else. If you say and listen to that and, and you go, oh, well, that means God might put me through something. Let me say this about God. He does not give us a spirit of fear. So today, embrace where you are. 
I tried to have just one point. I really did. But I, I got a couple of addendums. It's not really a point, but it's an addendum. Here's the first one. It's coming up on the screen. It says, I want you to leave here and I want you to put forth the effort. Like I want you to, you say, Dan, I don't really have that desire to want to get deeper in God. Put forth the effort. Let me say this to you. (laughs) I have never had in my life where I put forth the effort to spend time with God that I walked away from that going, well, shoot, I wish I had. I have never walked away from time I invested with God and been disappointed. Now, let me tell you, I have walked away from people and been pretty disappointed. I've gone to lunch appointments where I thought, oh, this is going to be it, baby. I'll even pay. Let's have a good time. And I leave there going, well, that wasn't what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> yeah, I'll see you in a couple of weeks. Not really. I mean, you know, it's, that's what you're thinking inside. People let you down. God does not. When I go spend time with the Lord, I usually leave there with a little more solidness. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Even growing up, I remember, and even now, like when I finish preaching, sometimes I go to my own altar call. I've never, I've never left the time where I felt like the Lord was speaking to my spirit if I obeyed what he prompted in my spirit that later I went, wish I wouldn't have obeyed. I never have had that. Because God sees when you seek him. He honors that. Thank you. That's my grandson cheering. And I want you to know God will meet you there. But you've got to put forth the effort. And secondly, you've got to invest the time. Does anybody in this room uh, know how to do a Rubik's Cube? And you're good at it? Is anybody raise your hand? Are you good at it? Jake, you good? I didn't ask him before. Are you good? Can you do it? All right, come up here a second. No, I'm sorry, come on here. This is a Rubik's Cube. Um, I can't do it. I don't know how to do it. I'm, I bought it and I messed it up. If you want to mess up a Rubik's Cube, I am your man. But if you want to fix a Rubik's Cube, and Jake, we didn't talk about this beforehand. You didn't know I was going to do this, right? A lot of friends, yes, it is. But I need you to put that together while I preach a while. So just start working on it, okay? If you're going to figure out how to do the Rubik's Cube, you can go learn all the moves and you can do it. But I promise you, you will not go to Meyer today, buy one, mess it up, and fix it right away. It fixes, it works, it becomes what it's supposed to be because you put some time into it back over there. Over there where nobody saw it. Most of us in this world, and we watch shows, shows like Celebrity Something or, you know, become a reality show. Everybody wants, even right now on YouTube or, or on Facebook, you know, I got two million likes. Everybody likes the likes. Nobody likes the back corners. Back corners where you spend time. I'm assuming Jake has put some time into working on this cube. We are going to see the result of that time spent in just a few seconds. But you have to understand he isn't doing this. He isn't doing this quickly. In first service, I gave it to a guy named James. 
it took him the rest of the service. Even when I was praying, I had people altar call. He did it. He finished it. At the very end of the service, he finished it. It took a long time. Can I say to y'all today, you're not going to leave here and have really deep faith by this afternoon at five. You are going to leave and you are going to deepen it. And it might go from a half inch to three quarters of an inch. And you might get there in a couple of months. Go invest time with God. It takes discipline. It takes effort. It takes work. It takes what, and every now and then, just like Jake standing here, you're thinking to yourself, boy, I hope I can do it. There's a lot of people watching. (laughs) Have you had that thought yet? Okay. (laughs) He said, yeah. And the bottom line is, um, some of you today, it's a lot easier to throw this one away and go down to Meyer and buy another one that's already completed and show people, got it. <laughs> and I challenge you today to become a person of faith. Bernie was just saying to me right before I came out to preach, great. Yeah, hey, hey, Jake, thank you, Jake. Awesome. Jake, I'm glad you knew how to do it, my man. How long would you say you spent just learning this? Fifteen hours that you invested just doing that. And I'm saying to you, it takes time. It takes effort. But I promise you, when you get the end, the result, when your soul someday is in heaven, you're going to look and go, boy, that was worth it. And your call today, as Pastor Bernie and I were talking, it's really funny, isn't it? This coronavirus is a real thing. And we spend a lot of time, how do I keep from catching that? What if we had the same attitude of, how do I catch faith? What if you became contagious with your faith? That people, yeah, We worry about catching coronavirus, but we don't worry about catching faith. And I want to say to you, go be a contagious Christian. Let people go, I don't know whatever it is about you, but I like the way your cube works, and I want to get a part of that. Rubik's Cube, I'm talking. And I want you to make sure that you live in such a way that people see. Let faith change things in your life. Don't just come to church and sing, Waymaker, promise, keep, do it. Live that way so that people see the difference in you. I'm going to close this service um, by inviting you to bring whatever your situation, any and every situation. I'm going to invite you to come and just bring it to the Lord. And I promise you, coming to Him will not return void. Will it be fixed by the end of the day? Probably not. But you will have more peace of how to handle each and every situation because you're deeper in. Do y'all remember Jesus' life wasn't easy? He didn't wake up in the morning going, oh, another smooth day. Killed. <laughs> Listen, killed. Y'all ready to hear this? Killed for doing good. <laughs> that ain't even our reason half the time. So go do good. And no matter what happens, mock, ridicule, whatever, keep doing good in the end it's worth it so as Ken begins to sing Waymaker I'm going to invite you just stand with me stand right up if you have a situation in your life that you go God I'm just going to give it to you again 
I don't, I don't know your situations. It could be simple. It could be heavy. I'm going to invite you to come and lay it at the feet of Jesus. And I'm going to close in prayer. God sees us standing here going, Lord, we got a lot of stuff. If all of us took our stuff and laid it here, we go, that's a lot of stuff. And God, I promise you, will use it to deepen you in Him as you continue to trust Him with it. I didn't say it would be easy. My line in the message is, put forth the effort. Keep yielding it to God. And I trust that He will give you guidance, maybe in ways you don't even see. Probably in ways you don't even see. So Jesus, I speak this peace over this entire group. I lift them to you. Um, you are the one who does the work right here, so I just trust them into your hands. I thank you for people who are seeking you right now in obedience. Not because I said it, but because, Lord, you spoke to us this morning. You came into our hearts. You reminded us of what faith is. Help us to go and actively carry this forward. We love you this morning. I pray a blessing and a peace over these souls. Take their hearts. Some of them are broken, hurting. Grab them. Hold them. Put their hearts in your hands. Help them today to have deepened another half inch in their faith. We love you. We give you ourselves. We give you ourselves in Jesus' name. Thank you for watching and being a part of our online family. Subscribe to our channel for access to all of our videos and live services. You can also be notified when a new service becomes available if you ring the notification bell. We cannot do this without you. You can support this ministry and help us reach more people with the word by giving at reslife.org give. Thanks again for watching. Be blessed.